Hosea chapter 3, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 1 through 3 this morning. Hosea 3, verses 1 through 3. The title of the message this morning is, According to My Love. According to My Love. There ones there. We'll go ahead and look in verse 1 now. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet. Go yet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. I thank you, Father, for um, the wonderful time we had last night. I thank you for all the helpers. I thank you for Abigail. And um, I thank you for my wife. And and I know when I start mentioning names, Lord, I'm going to start forgetting them. And Tanya and, and uh, Leslie and... and uh, uh, um, Eddie and many Lord that uh, helped uh, work so hard uh, that put that together Father and Lord I just pray dear Lord God this morning that you'll just open our eyes and ears to your scriptures that all distractions will be removed and that we Father will be sitting here being fed by you Lord glorify your great name we pray feed your flock in Jesus name we ask you Amen. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet. Underscore the words, Go yet. Go yet. And when he's saying go yet, you know, today we would say go yet again. Okay? But here in this, uh, this Old English, you basically think of him saying go again. Okay? Go again. Now, if you would, keep your place here in Hosea 3 and turn to Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1. And in verse 2, if you'll look here with me, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, underscore the word, go. Go. Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So in Hosea 1-2, we underscored the word go, and in your margin outside of Hosea 1-2, write down Hosea 3-1. Hosea 3-1. So in Hosea 1-2, God told Hosea, go. And then in Hosea 3-1, God tells Hosea, all right, now go again. Okay, you see what he's doing? So let's go back to Hosea 3. Hosea 3. In Hosea chapter 1, God told Hosea, go take a wife of whoredoms. So he took Gomer as his wife. And remember, Gomer represents the nation of Israel as a wife of whoredoms. As she was married to Hosea, so Israel was married to God. And after marrying Gomer... Hosea had children by her as God commanded him. And then Hosea prophesied to Israel over the first two chapters of this book about God's relationship to them, God's coming judgment upon them, and God's future restoration of Israel and the earth. God told them that judgment was coming, and God told them that deliverance was coming, but God did not tell them the amount of time between the two. He said, judgment's coming, deliverance is eventually coming, 
But he did not tell them how much time between the two. So God says, Hosea, it's time for you to go again. As you went to go get your wife the first time, now go back to her again. It's time for you and your wife to become yet another prophetic symbol to the people of Israel. Go, Hosea, go. Look back in your text. Love a woman beloved of her friend. Love a woman beloved of her friend. Now the word friend here is referring to her husband, not her pal. Okay? Her husband. The Hebrew word here has the idea of a shepherd who leads his flock. So it's referring to Hosea, who was his wife's companion and leader. And as a companion leader, Hosea represented God who loved Israel. So he said, you go love a woman who's beloved of her husband, her leader. And Hosea did love his wife. He said, you go love a woman that's beloved of her husband. That's representing God who loves Israel as her faithful companion and ruler. God is Israel's true shepherd. Just like Hosea was rep- representing God here as, as, as Gomer's shepherd. And speaking about Hosea and his wife, God is saying, Go love a woman who is dear to her shepherding husband. For Gomer was dear to Hosea. She was dear to him, look back in your text, yet an adulteress. It's like the lives of Hosea and Gomer and their children were acting out a prophetic scene. It's a dramatization, a prophetic dramatization. It's quite remarkable, really. Gomer was playing the part of Israel, an unfaithful spouse to God, who had been cheating on him, running around on him with false gods. Okay? Hosea, on the other hand, he played the part of God who was the one being cheated on. Nevertheless, he still loved Israel, his wife. The children were playing the role of different occurrences that Israel would undergo as a result of their unfaithfulness to God, yet as a result of God's mercy to them. Scene one, when God said go, has already been dramatized by the prophecy. The curtains have been closed. The stage is being rearranged. And now the curtains are about to open again for scene two. Go again. You see what he's saying? Go again. Go back to your wife, Hosea, who is playing the part of my faithless wife. And I want you to love her like a man who loves his wife, even though she's been unfaithful to him. And I want you to do this, look back in your text, According to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. You love her like I love Israel. That's what I want you to do. And there's two lessons being taught here. In addition to the prophetic lessons. The first is the lesson of God's love toward us. The second is the lesson of God's love through us. The lesson of God's word toward us is that God loves ungodly sinners like us. We talked about that at the, uh, at the couple's banquet last night. And wants to save us from our sins. God loved Israel. Even when she didn't love him. And even when she was not worthy of his love. The second lesson of God's love through us 
is that as God has loved us, so we also should love one another. God told Hosea to love his wife according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. Here's a kingdom truth. God's love toward us is the basis of our love toward others. God's love toward us is the basis of our love toward others. Love your family. Love your wife. Love your neighbor. Love ungodly sinners according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. That's how it should be. God loved Israel even though they were the people, look back in your text, who looked to other gods. That's the way Israel was at this time when Hosea was prophesying to them. When they were acting out the sin in their family, portraying God's relationship between him and his wife Israel. They were cheating on God. They weren't serving God. They weren't believing God. They weren't obeying God. They were serving and worshiping false gods. They were cheating on them. They were looking to other gods. And what a wonderful truth this is for us today. God said, Hosea, you go love your wife as if she was the nation of Israel cheating on me and that you're me loving your wife in spite of it. He said, Israel's looking to other gods, but I still love her. You know, that's, that's a wonderful truth for us today because God looks after people who look to other gods. You getting that? God looks after people who are looking to other gods. I am so thankful that when I was chasing after worldly things, God was chasing after me. Isn't that good? Man, I tell you, Brother Doug, there was a time in my life when I was chasing after worldly things. I wasn't chasing after God. I wasn't looking for the kingdom of God. I wasn't worried about the Lord and Christianity. I mean, I was, in a sense, if you were to ask me, I'd say, oh, that's important to me. That would have been the right answer, but I really wasn't. But when I was chasing after other things, the Lord, thank God, was chasing after me. This is how God loved us. This is how God loves you today. If you don't know Him, and you're not chasing after Him, I want you to know, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how bad you are, no matter how unbelieving or godless that you are or have been, God is looking after you. He loves you. He wants to hunt you down, chase you. He grabbed Brother Doug off a motorcycle and brought him to church. Not nothing wrong with motorcycles, but when it's with the Cossacks, it's probably not preferable. Every time I see a Cossack on the highway, I thank you, Brother Doug. Uh, well, there could be my next church treasure right there. <laughs> but that's how God loves us. You may be chasing after the things of this world, not caring about God, but rest assured God's chasing after you because He cares about you. God said, they look to other gods, look back in your text, and love flagons of wine. Love flagons of wine. 
Now the flagons of wine, that, that was used in their rituals when they worshipped these false gods. Okay, And we also have our own flagons of wines when we're worshipping our false gods here in this world. What is a false god? A false god is not necessarily a little statue that you put down here and you bow down to it and all that stuff. A false god. You know what God told Israel? He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So that means anything you put before God is your false god. Because you are deeming that to be more important in your heart than your creator is. How about that? You're setting them above the importance of God. That now has become your little idol. And so with every idol, with everything that we put before God, we, we, we uh, 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 put before Him, there are flagons of wine that go with that. Right. With Brother Doug, he had, his little, he had his little idol, and so come with that, the little leather vest, the motorcycle, the Harley, the, all the stuff he liked, and any other sin that came with that. There's people this morning, instead of being in church, they're out on the golf course. They deem that to be more important than serving and worshiping God. They're out in the nature. They're out with their friends. They may be sipping on a, on a, on a, a beer or something this morning out on the golf course with their little electric cart and their, their fancy little golf balls and golf clubs and making sure they're in with the community and all this stuff. So they're out just knocking a little ball into a hole in the ground and they say that's more important than the kingdom of God. So they're out worshiping there instead of in worshiping here. That's their flagons of wine, you see? The little things they love that go with their little idolatries they put before God. So Israel had their flagons of wine, stuff they put before God, the little things that they loved and idolized, and we do as well. Their love for flagons of wine represents the ungodly things that we love, the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, the pride of life. And all the while they loved those things, God was loving them. What a wonderful God we have. A God who is so patient, faithful, and merciful to us. God said, I'm sorry, Hosea said, God told me to love her as God has loved us. Verse 2. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver. And this really, this passage really throws people off. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver. And now you may be thinking, and listen, you, if you have a study Bible, and you, then you may have man's opinion of what's in there and trying to explain this verse or something. Just, just follow the text. Just follow the text. Don't be confused by what it says. I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver. And you may be thinking, how can Hosea, by his wife... Some people don't understand the text. They think, well, maybe this is a different woman. He went and bought. That was a slave or something. Some people believe that. How can Hosea buy his wife? Well, there are all kinds, again, of interpretations of this passage. And again, many believe that Hosea bought another woman in addition to his wife. But I don't believe that's true at all. I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that Hosea never said who this woman was. Hosea never said who he bought this woman from. He never says the woman's name. In fact, if you'll notice, what does he say about the woman? He didn't say anything about her. I just bought her to me for this much. In chapter 1, 
Hosea told us his wife's name and the father, her father. So he told us his wife's name and whose daughter she was. Here he's not saying anything about her. Why? It's the same woman. Okay, it's the same woman. It's Gomer still playing the part of unfaithful Israel. So how does Hosea buy his wife? Remember, this is a prophetic dramatization. They are living out the prophetic drama according to the script that God has given them. It's a play, if you will, a prophetic play. And in this scene, the script reads for Hosea to secure a woman for himself that will have to do without Hosea for a long time. That's in the script, the prophetic script. The Hebrew word that's translated bought here, right out in your margin, write the word prepare. Prepare. That's what the Hebrew word means. It means prepare. You say, well, then why does it say bought, Brother Fulton? Because the preparation, the idea of preparing, and the idea of purchasing go hand in hand. That's why the Hebrew word is, it can be used interchangeably that way. It means to purchase in preparation of something. For example, COVID's coming, so we all go out and purchase toilet paper, right? So you're, pre- you're purchasing, but you're doing so preparing, right? To, for for the, the onslaught of lack of toilet paper, whatever. So it means prepare. Now, write down in your margin 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 23. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 23. I'm going to read this verse to you. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. That word prepared is the same word translated bought here. Or purchased or whatever. It's the same thing. So what did he, he do? He prepared great provision. He, he, he prepared great food for them. And we will see in the next verses, Hosea is loving this woman. At the same time, he's leaving this woman alone. Pay close attention. Hosea is loving this woman. While at the same time, he's leaving this woman alone. He's going to withdraw his presence from his wife for a time. And he is going, while he's leaving her, not abandoning her now. He's just leaving her. He's just going away. And while he's going away, he's going to require her to be faithful to him, even though he won't be around. Hey, does that sound like anything today? Sound like us, doesn't it, Brother Shepherd? This is what's happening. This is a prophecy about Israel. Then... About us today. And so, in order to provide for the woman he loves, Hosea prepares her, not purchases her. Okay? He prepares her by giving her food and money. You see how he bought her? With food and money. He prepares her by giving her food and money as a means of sustenance to provide for her during their separation. While this prophetic drama is being played out. What a cool book. Hosea couldn't expect for her to be faithful to him if he abandoned her. He couldn't just walk away and say, okay, now starve to death, you're on your own. 
No. He said, I'm going to love her as God loves Israel. What's going to happen? God's about to leave Israel for a little while. He's about to leave her alone. Why? She's been running around on them. They're going to be separated for a time. But he's going to make sure that he takes care of her while they're gone. He's not going to let, he's not going to let her no longer be a nation or be destroyed as a nation. Why? He's got to keep his promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, right? And to us. To bring a Savior into the world. And so he provided for her, thus purchasing or securing her obligation to be faithful to him while he's gone. He said he purchased or prepared for her unto him for 15 pieces of silver. That's the money he gave her. Look back in your text. And for an omer of barley and a half omer of barley. So an omer and a half of barley. And by this, Hosea provides food and money for the woman he loves. And he enters into a covenant with her. He said, I gave her food and money to meet her needs, verse 3. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt abide for me many days. In other words, you're going to wait for me a long time. Y'all ever seen... Y'all ever seen those pictures today? The pictures today? Uh, how many of y'all ever heard the Wailing Wall in Israel? How many have seen pictures of the Wailing Wall? And the, the Jews? If not, go, go get on YouTube or something and, and, and type in something like Jews praying at the Wailing Wall. And you'll see these Jews, they'll be at this wall. They'll be like this, just praying, 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 praying. What are they doing? They're praying that God's going to come back and restore their nation. Why are they having to do that? Because God's left them for many days. He said way back in the book of Hosea, this is what he was going to do. They became unfaithful to him. They ran around on him. And if you were to go to Israel today, most of them, oh, they, they have their Sabbath laws and stuff like that. Most of them are very secular people. You've got Jews here in America. They'll vote Democrat almost every time. The, 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 the people who support abortion and who don't believe in God and all that. And they'll, they'll vote for them. They're not godly people. And this is the reason for the separation right now. God's going to come back. He's going to, he's going to resolve all of this in the future. They're going to return to God. They're going to repent. We'll look at all that in the book of Hosea. But for now, they're at the Wailing Wall. God, trying to get God to fix their problems. Not realizing their problem is, they need the Lord. It would be like us being overrun by China. We got the spy balloon and the news and everything. It'd be like us being overrun by China. God letting them overrun America because America ran out on God. And we have. So let's say that God sent China over here because we ran out on God. And then all of us suddenly start praying that God will deliver us from China. But none of us are praying that God will deliver us from our sins. That brought China over here to begin with. That's where Israel's at today. 
That's why they rejected Christ when they came. He, they wanted him to deliver them from the Romans. Now it's from the Iranians. But they still got the same heart problem. And God's addressing it here in Hosea. He said, man, they're like, they're like a woman running around with other men. They're running around on me with other gods. All of it's prophesied here. And you can look at what was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago and watch what's happening today. And it explains it all. It's being played out just like God said it would. I love this stuff. Watch this now. He said, Thou shalt abide for me for many days. You shall wait for me a long time. Gomer, because Israel's going to wait for God a long time. And while you're waiting on me for many days, look back in your text, Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. Don't run around on me while I'm waiting, or while you're waiting. Don't marry some other man. You need to wait for me to come back. You need to wait for me to fix this thing. Don't go seek relief in companionship from some other God. You stay here and wait for me. Look back at your text. So will I also be for thee. I'll be faithful to you. While we're separated from one another. It's going to be a long time before I come back. But I won't run out on you. I will continue to love you and care for you. And, and you need to continue to care for me. And to wait for my return. Do you see what God is doing here? Do you see the message he's giving to Israel. And thus to us. Through this dramatization of Hosea's life. He's letting Israel know. That it's going to be a long time. Before she's with God where she belongs. But he will continue to provide for her. He won't let her be annihilated as a nation. You realize there's people who literally want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. God says, no, I gave her silver and barley. I'm going to sustain her. That's what it's a picture of. They've tried their best. They cooked them in ovens. The Germans cooked them in ovens. The Nazis did. They tried their best to wipe them off the earth. The Iranians want to wipe them off the earth. God says, nope. She's not in fellowship with me. <clears throat> She's been running around on me. But I've given her silver and barley. She's not going away. I will keep my promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're going to have this land forever. I want to fix the earth. I want to redeem the world from sin. I want to keep every promise I made. And that's why you can look at Israel today and see all the drama over there. As Hosea and Gomer... We're a dramatization of God's prophecy. We can watch Israel today and see all of it being played out still before our eyes. No other nation like Israel. No other nation in the world like Israel. There's still a spectacle for us to see and to turn our eyes back to the Bible. And for us to get right with God as well. He won't annihilate her as a nation. He's made a solemn promise to her that he won't forget. He loves her. He's coming back for her. This is the same faithfulness that God has for his church. Jesus says, when the Son of Man returns, will there be faith on the earth? He, Jesus told us that the church was going to be unfaithful to him too. And they are. We've got churches today that claim they serve the Lord and everything. And they're, they're uh, wicked they're rejecting God's word. They're still meeting in God's name. 
It's wickedness. But you know what? Church is going to be persecuted. Church is going to be tried. You look at those seven letters or those letters of the churches in the book of the Revelation. Almost every one of them had trouble, had sin that had infected them. It was a picture of what we're going to be like in the last days. The church, not us at Maybank in particular, but the church, the body of Christ as a whole. You look around, you see churches and all the problems and people say, ah, who wants to mess with the church? That's a bunch of Christianity. (laughs) That's exactly the way Jesus said it would be. But in the middle of all that, he said there would still be some true believers. Still folks that would hang on to my word. And even though the church is unfaithful to the Lord, God's given us silver and barley, folks. He's sustaining us, though we're waiting for many days. And he says, church, just be faithful to me. I'll sustain you. The world, even though it's going to get worse, they used to feed Christians to the lions. Listen, it's going to be worse than that as we near the, our Lord's return. But the church has barley and silver. We're not going anywhere other than up. (laughs) Even though the church is being infiltrated by false teachers, the Bible said, even though the church would be disobedient to God, He will never leave us, Jesus said, nor forsake us. Israel will have to go through many days of hardship. The church will have to go through many days of hardship. But God will sustain both holy institutions and keep His promises to Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, and the church of Jesus Christ. He has bought or prepared us unto himself, and he has promised to love no one but us. He's not going to say, oh, forget the church. I'm tired of them. I'll go start something else. No. He said, I'll be true to you. Like a man who still loves a woman who's been unfaithful to him. God will never lose his love for Israel nor for you or me. He will keep his promises though we wait for him for many days. And though Israel looks like they will never turn back to God and accept his son. The time will come when Israel will come to him. Wow, what an amazing prophecy we've read this morning. And God willing will take back up with this prophecy next Sunday morning. Remember as we're reading these things, the reason God documents everything so well, the reason God said judgment is coming on you Israel, we can read about it before it ever happened here in the book of Hosea, and it did. It did come on them. Historically, they were taken captive by Assyria and Babylon, they were dispersed across the world. They were persecuted by the Nazis. Stuff that we know and have films of. Why? God said it's going to happen. But just as sure as judgment has come upon Israel, God's blessing will come upon them in the end. As one part of his prophecy has been fulfilled, Rest assured, in many days, so will the next. Wow. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you, Father, that we can hold the Bible in our hands in this dark world and shine it like a light. 
and see the past, the present, and even into the future, the things that you have prepared for us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us when we've been unfaithful to you. We rest upon your promises. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And Lord, thank you for the food that we're about to receive next door and the fellowship as well. In Jesus' name, amen.